Hey there. Welcome to Nick Pollock and Friends, where I talk to people I know and who you should know. Today's guest is the man I enjoy sitting by the fire with, the head of Rotograph's loving father to Charlotte, the MLB The Show Twitch star, and one of my best friends in the industry, the one and only Paul Spore. Nick, thank you so much for having me on, man. I'm really excited about this new show, and the fact that you had me on uh, is an honor, so thank well, you. I mean, of course, like you would be the perfect person to introduce this podcast with. And for those that have never listened to this before, it's a little bit different. I, obviously, I'm involved with Pitcher List, Fantasy Baseball, all that kind of stuff. But during my time, I've met all these amazing people during it. And I feel it's important to talk about the people behind it, you know, getting a good look at who you are, how you tick, what you enjoy and your process becoming the person you are today. So that's what we're going to be doing in these. And we're going to start with you, Spore, and let's go to the very beginning. Where are you from? And what was, I don't know, what, give us a scene of you in childhood. Boy, okay. Well, been a huge dork my whole life. That'll surprise nobody. <laughs> Grew up in Allen Park, Michigan, which is actually on the map now because that's where the Lions train. Ooh, um, okay. But it, it's just outside of Detroit. Um so we we're a quick drive from Tiger Stadium, downtown Detroit area, a little bit further out to go to like Pontiac for the Lions. Um, the Joe Louis Arena was downtown. So, you know, we, we, we had games and everything. Sports have never not been a part of my life. I literally cannot remember a time where I wasn't in a sports obsessed zone that I wanted to participate into. I, I didn't sure. have to be brought on whatever indoctrination happened from like ages zero to seven when I'm not as conscious and I don't have as many memories until I start to have my first memory at age seven, eight um, worked and I'm happy about it. Like I, I love it. My parents are both. My parents are sports obsessed. Uh, my sister loves sports. My brother who's 10 years younger than me was a little late to it. Like he didn't quite gravitate as much as, as we all did until like the, the insanity of it, but he played football growing up. And then he's become a pretty diehard Spurs and Colts fan because oh, really? he was Colts in uh, Little League and they had Peyton. And so he just latched on to Peyton as a player and he stuck with the Colts now that they want once Peyton left. And then Spurs, he lives in San Antonio. So I've, all, I've got all my Detroit teams. I'm actually the only one in the family, despite my parents both growing up and living in Detroit, um, to have all Detroit teams as my favorites. Hmm. They got out. They're smart. I mean, obviously, I'm an idiot, you know. My sister was smart. My sister's a huge bandwagon. I loved clown her about him. Like, who's your favorite this year, Melissa? Oh, you're a Lakers fan this year? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and she'll come back to the the Detroit teams anytime they're good. She's sporting our gear. But uh, I like to bust her chops on that. But no, man, I've been sports obsessed from day one. Like I said, we grew up suburbs, pretty, uh, you know, idealized, if you will. Sure. Uh, but go into town most four Tigers games. And so that's baseball became a passion. Uh, my dad was able to get tickets more easily to the Tigers. I mean, not just because they were mediocre to bad throughout most of my childhood. I think uh, it had more to do with where he worked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if we had lived and worked closer to Auburn Hills or Pontiac, maybe it would have been Pistons or Lions. My grandma what did also he do. Um, he was in manufacturing stuff. Like he worked mm -hmm. at different factories and worked his he way up from right. like, yeah, well, and, and in the surrounding areas and worked his way up right, from, you know, Sorry, a dude yeah. in there to management and and eventually was was pretty doing quite well in a place called Farmington Hills. And everything was working out really well. Well, mm -hmm. then we decided let's move to Texas. 
my mom's side of the family proposed starting a business with my parents and moving us all the way down to deep South Texas. So I always make the joke that I moved from Canada to Mexico. (laughs) And that's just to give you the disparity of, of where we moved, you know, um, Detroit, not terribly far from Toronto. I, it wasn't like having French influence or Canadian influence or anything, but like, you know, literally a quick drive from Canada to being 30 minutes from Mexico. Um, but moving into Harlingen, Texas, not Arlington, Harlingen, deep, deep South Texas. How many times have you said that? A million, a million, <laughs> because it's always Ar- Arlington, Arlington. No, no, no. no. Harlingen. No. And when somebody actually knows it, um, I, I light up, you know, for oh, whatever reason. It's by a place called South Padre Island, which is a popular spring break spot. So people usually know it through that. Oh, I drove through that when we, uh, that's where we <laughs> landed to go to South Padre Island. So, yeah, I know, I know. We got an airport. Um, so, yeah, we moved down to Texas uh, my after my freshman year of high school. And so, you know, I had to go to two different high schools. It was fine, though. Actually, the move to Texas was great. And nice. I really took to everything going on in Texas. And, um, you know, finished high school, went to the University of Texas, went five years there, had to, had to, had to grind out some time there to, to try to pay for it and, and get through it. Um, and then stayed here in Austin. And that's where I am currently. And I haven't really considered moving but one time. And I was, uh, I was dealing and playing poker for a living after, after college, which sounds fun until you're like deciding if you want to bet your electric bill and you're, you're you're playing scared at that point. If yeah, if, if your bills are that tenuous, you're playing scared. The dealing was the the set money, but then the playing you could lose it all in one night. So you got to be careful with that. Um, and I was like, I got to get a real job because this grind is is too much. And I had friends up in Dallas that said, we're gonna you can run my I have I have three Jamba Juices and you can run one. Not the most luxurious job, but it was a job and it was gonna pay pretty well to like sure. just because yeah. we were such good friends. He was just gonna be like. I don't care that you've never run and, it. And you're smart you enough. You were running it. Yeah. You weren't being yeah, yeah. like the cashier or something. No, no, no. You were no. actually the manager. He's like, you're going to be the manager of old? my Jamba Juice. This would have been, uh, would be 2005, 2006. So I'm 25. Yeah. I'd be 25. That's pretty great for a 25 year old. And and so I was like, like that, that. That's, that sounds awesome. Let's do that. Yeah. I'm like setting up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to move to Dallas, even though I hate Dallas, but I love these, these two friends. These are two of my best friends still that night at poker, literally that night. I swear to God, buddy of mine's like, um, bro, you should come work with me. And I was like, what do you mean? I, you know, I got this job. He's like, nah, dude, you, but you could do this job at Dell and you could be a, you could be a computer salesperson. I think you'd be really good. And it's like, cause as a dealer, I'm, you know, being gregarious and, and talking. Sure. And I'm like, okay. I wouldn't have to move out of, I wouldn't have to move out of Austin, which I didn't really want to do. Um, maybe I'll give this a shot. Literally went later that week into an open meeting. Rest was history. I became uh, a Dell salesperson. I did that for several years. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't really want to be a Dellionaire, as they call them, and like kind of grind that out. I, it's very respectable and there would have been more money to be made doing that. But I'll, I was I'll be not honest, Sporer, I could see you saying, dude, you're getting a Dell. I, I didn't. I never said that. I never said Are that. Are you sure, phone. though? I, well, you probably said it I, ironically <laughs> or, or maybe um, mocking. I mean, yeah, it was definitely in that era, though. It was great. I had a blast, though. On the sales floor, it was a lot of fun. Crazy hours. Just, you know, um, not not like the the tamest iteration of the Wolf of Wall Street uh, sales oh, floor course, that right. you can envision, but that that sort of vibe, that sort of electric vibe. And I'm, I'm, so, I'm 
again, this not, wasn't like in a store, right? This was like, you no, know, this is a call everything. center, but okay. you know, one of those things where you're like ringing bells when you're making sales and it's like, sure, it's yeah, really yeah, a competitive yeah. environment. And like, I was pretty good at it. So I could compete up near the top and, and, and be involved in all that stuff where you're, you know, uh, top salesperson gets a trip to Hawaii, stuff like that. And all these bonuses right. and whatnot. So it was a lot of fun as I moved out of that zone and the, the phone sales became, it started to die. It really sure. did. Um, I had to kind of move more into the, the corporatized version of it. And the, mm-hmm. the, I just wasn't, a, I wasn't a great fit there, which probably won't surprise too many, but I wasn't a, I wasn't a great fit. And they were moving on my job around too. We kept losing our job, but we'd get another job within the company. So we weren't getting fired. We were just like, you're, you're, you're reorging, blah, blah, blah. Right. So the first time I just took the new job. Second time they t- offered severance. I took it and I tried baseball and it did not work. I was grinding like seven different freelance roles, just scraping by, um, just trying to make it work. So I had to get back into the corporate world one more time at a place called Tableau which is really cool data visualization company. Oh, yeah. You do a lot of cool stuff. I've seen people do great baseball stuff with it. I believe that's what Alex Fast, uh, Alex um, uh, Chamberlain's Chamberlain. leaderboard is on, yep. his tablet. Absolutely, yeah. And so uh, they were pretty, it was pretty clear to them that I was not really into it. Uh, we had two screens and my second screen always had something baseball on it. <laughs> and so um, I wasn't giving my best effort and they realized that and they said, listen, you're not last, like you're not, you're not our worst salesperson, but you don't seem to be fully in. Mm-hmm. So you got to go. And I was like, you know what? I respect that because I wasn't last, but I was treading water. And my guy who had hired me came from Dell. So he knew, he knew that he wasn't getting my best effort. And I actually, like, like I said, I really respected that. He was like, you probably don't deserve to be fired on its face. Like you're, you're in the middle of the pack but you're clearly not trying that hard. Now, it doesn't surprise me to hear that you have some background in sales. Uh, I, I do feel that for a lot of the stuff that you do, um, people think of like salesmen as all of a sudden like, you know, skeezy or like, you know, yeah. you cross sales or whatever. And it's not that you've really learned the main thing of, Oh, you're, you understand that to sell something, to make an argument, you're selling yourself. Yes. And the, the only thing that matters is just your knowledge base. And once you have a knowledge base, then you can just talk about it. And that is selling. Exactly. And having exactly that like- foundation applies to everything. Very much so, of course, talking about fancy baseball. And I, I learned that at Dell, that there were all, all different types, all different types of people who were successful. There was the meticulous, person who knew the ins and outs of everything and could visualize this processor for somebody to make it sound good. Mm -hmm. There were people who just are overly happy and sound really nice and you want to buy from them. Um, You know, and they're they're just all these different types. And I kind of fit more in probably the latter between the two. I was pretty amped on the phone, having a good time, cutting up with people and, uh, and enough knowledge to, to know what I'm getting through there too, too, because you don't want to get stumped on a question and they're like, "Ah, I don't want to buy it anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed sales. I really did. Uh, but I was still so focused on baseball when I was at Tableau. And like I said, they noticed. And and so that's fine. They, they said, you got to go. At that time, I was working a couple of freelances that included Rotowire and fan graphs. Again, another coincidence that sounds like I'm making it up, but it's not literally the same week. Both offer me full time, a dream, a dream to get offered full time in this industry from two sites that I love from people that I love that I agonized over this because I didn't want to disappoint either side. Sure. And I ended up going with fan graphs. Um, 
primarily because I couldn't lose in this decision. And they offered first by like a day. Hmm. And I was just kind of use that as a tiebreaker because I couldn't really make a definitive decision based on any merit. Right. 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 Uh, Dave Appleman and company at Fangraphs treat me brilliantly. Jeff Erickson and company at Rotowire treat me brilliantly. I could not lose in this decision. So I went with Fangraphs. Um, you know, it was such a mentor to me and that would, that played a role as well. And uh, I have not regretted that, but it was a lot in between, right? That's a quick story there in between that starting in about 2002 or three, I started writing something called the, uh, well, it, it wasn't the SP guide yet, the starting pitcher guide, but I was on this message board called Roto Junkie. And this guy would always put out his top 100 starting pitchers. And Wait, are you trying to tell me that someone did that before I did it Spore? That's can ridiculous. you believe it? Oh, can you absolutely real. believe it? <laughs> and he put a little, you know, comment, a big, big message board post. And I'd go through and like respond to every single one. Nice. Like, he can't be here. That's too right. high because of this, that, and, you know, debate it. Right. I like, you, yeah. you know how I am. And this was like 20 years ago. This quite I'm literally sorry to say that, but quite yeah. li- no, no, I'm quite literally it's a, on a message yeah. board here. And like, I'm doing the, the copy or the, uh, the quote under everything I want to talk about. Right. And I was like, well, why don't I just do my own? Sure. I'm like, let me do my top 100 as well. So I started yeah. it on the message board, then moved it to my blog. Started to get some real traction. I started publishing a PDF. And so we're that talking was your like first piece, right? That so you had your own blog. Yeah, it was um, SP Guide. Is that right? Or was it um, else? well, that's where you can get it now. No, it was paulsporer.com. Just, just, Love just it. a little. Love yeah, it. it's still up. You guys can go troll it if you want. I, I've um, always been so jealous of your. Uh, uh, I don't know your your initiative or your understanding of like. Oh yeah, I should get a Twitter handle Spore instead of me. I remember like I, I got like a Gmail invite. At like you know before it was a public thing and I was Same. so excited, and I did my stupid aim scream name at <sighs> gmail.com instead of my actual name. Oh. Yeah, I could have done it, it's but like I just didn't have email. the foresight. I didn't. Yeah, think, I of course you did. That's <laughs> pretty happy about that. And I hadn't gotten it on Twitch, but um, there was it was open and like when they when you were allowed to like change your names, I was able to to wrangle it from a nice. dead account. So I got Spore that way. Once I got partnered. Um, as a Twitch partner, my, my, my partner associate helped me with that. So I've got it everywhere. I should change my PSN to it, which is your name on Oh yeah, you're 24 on PlayStation. Right PJS ten twenty four and it's like yeah. whatever. But it's not the end of the world. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't PSN is not really public facing and honestly yeah, that way people don't always know they're playing me and that's fine too. So um but yeah. So I was writing the SP guide every year, try to expand it, you know, some years, one year, I think it was 115,000 words that I wrote all oh by myself. Oh my God, Spore. Um, it was deal. like 380 pictures, this and that. So two huge breaks, two huge breaks, because you, you need luck to succeed in this business. One, for about three or four years, every year that I published it, Matthew Berry would retweet it and my really? phone would just oh, explode. man, that's huge. Just explode. Do you know how he found out about it in the first place? I don't. He came across it and he's like, I like this, man. I'm going to retweet. I was like, that's the greatest thing ever. Then I got the biggest compliment ever from him one year, which at the time I didn't love, but I realized that it was a nice compliment. He's like, hey, man, you're seeing his competition now. I can't retweet it. And I was like, okay, I I, I respect it. I respect it. You created this. I I appreciate, you know, you've helped create this big time. Another huge moment was um, Bill Simmons found it. 
and mentioned it on his podcast one time. Amazing. And so these are like, you know, that I still have that clip. That's actually on paulsporer.com. You can find that ah, clip somewhere so where he's wait, talking so about So paulsporer.com still exists. Yeah. I had no idea. You, you yeah, it's still up there. mentioned this. The, the, the last article besides the SP guide, which is the top thing, the 2015 SP guide, is mm-hmm. Astro's pickups boost value of Keiko and McHugh. I was pleased by the by the pickups of what they oh, were going to do for Dallas Keuchel really and Colin McHugh sign somewhere and be a starter because I, oh, I really do think 2019 has indication for more, but it's fine, right? One day, do you, okay. Is there a way to see your SP guide from 2002 or whenever you started doing that? <laughs> no, because so there was a, there was like um, not the first one that's on uh, the Roto ro- junkie. the Roto Junkie right, because right. they had a server transfer or whatever and. Yeah. It was really ugly, by the way, the way it kind of went down. Like the owners, we were friends with them. Like we had a tight group there. Mm-hmm. Jason Collette was a big part of it too. And he wanted, uh, they, the owners sold the original owners, but then Collette wanted to buy like the, the fundamental board there. So we didn't lose anything. They changed everything. They, they deleted from like oh, 2008 back or whatever. We lost, we lost a ton and it was right. real devastating because we had so much stuff on there oh, including those those old top 100 lists but i can find probably a pretty old one on here well i mean it, it's look i've done this a couple of times i've looked back at like pitcher gifts in 2014 to see what my top 100 looked like it has double spaces after a period so i stopped reading <laughs> but uh it's really it's, it's entertaining to look at what did i care about what was i citing you know how bad is my writing? It's still bad, but it was worse then. Oh, I'm, 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 I can totally relate. I, I'm sure I was just desperately obsessed with uh, strikeout to walk ratio. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I was totally obsessed. I, I just sent you the 2009 list. 2009. Okay, just this is on. Uh... I put it in our chat here. Oh, nice. We're getting a little feedback. I'm not sure. Yeah, why. I'm, I'm noticing that too. Phone. I can probably edit that out. I'm putting my phone over here just in case it was my phone. <laughs> but number one that year was actually Johan Santana on the Mets, which clearly he right was that not. was well. Those oh my god, look at this! This is amazing. I'm seeing Randy Wolf at 89, Pettit at nine. This is just this is taking me back. Isn't like it? Nuts? Put the ages there too. I think that's great. Trying to help uh, out what people know. Manny Parra. Oh no! I guess 41. that first year he was quite great. Never mind. Two fifty three ERA led baseball in two hundred thirty four yeah. innings. Yeah. Okay. So I was still pretty good to ma- rank fine. him number one there. Um, Sabathia too, because of uh, coming off of that two thousand eight. Uh, yes. Ridiculousness with the Brewers getting signed with the Yankees. Brandon Webb, man. Ah. Oh. How great was he, man? I, I know it hurts Injuries. so much. I actually, oh. I think I remember drafting him as my first overall pick. My first round pick that year, and he got four innings, and that was his career, right? Brutal. It was, it was his freaking career, dude. It was over. It was snap. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. We look at it now. If we were in this position now, entering 2009 with all the data we have, there's no way we're ranking Brandon Webb third. No, absolutely not. Right? Like, absolutely this is, I mean, I not. took him first round then. I was like, oh, I just love him. He's so great. And he's a young winner. He's a sinker baller. I'm like, wait a second. Let me let me talk to my – He um, went how old it was then. He went Cy so. one. Side two, side two, side uh, and back to back second places. He won it in six, and then back to back seven and eight. Uh, he was right. second place, and then that four inning season, and he was done in two thousand nine. And that's when I ranked him. I ranked him three. What's even crazier? I see a Linson come here. And by the way, guys, you should be doing this. Paulsport.com. Go there, and you can go back. It looks like all the way to this. This is. I love this stuff so much. I uh, come at four, 
And you have one line that I really think just showcases how differently we think about guys now. You see, I think you'll have another 200 strikeout season with an ERA around 325 and a whip around 1.2, 120 <laughs> from the number four starter. Yep. And, and, and we how love ridiculous that. ridiculous is that line? You know? We love like, that. What? Yeah, right. That's just how it was. So, mm-hmm. I mean, definitely, definitely check that out. Um, and it's really cool to just kind of hear, look, everybody in the industry started from nothing. Yeah. You know, everyone needed those breaks. Hearing Matthew Barry, I mean, saying, yeah, I can't tweet you anymore, man. You're you're a thing now. Now you're competition. That's such an amazing compliment. It was huge. I like I, I still remember it. it. It blew me away. You know, and I did all sorts of different like I, there's all sorts of articles on that blog. I wrote it in little outlets that don't exist anymore. Um, I was able to like get an article here and there in different magazines that were small and on the come up and some big ones. You know, things went in and out, but a lot of just working at it on the side it was always kind of something i was doing on the side right um you know people want to get into it the number one thing i always say is start a blog i don't care if there's zero readers because the right. first thing that's re- going to happen yeah. when picture list or fan graphs or whatever site you want has openings they're going to say what do you got let me yep. see some samples absolutely and that can be from your blog that has two readers i don't care i want to just see what 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 you got and then yep. you're publishing it out for somebody so and that's my biggest recommendation i know people want an audience but if you're just getting reps there, that's that's huge. Yes. Uh, yeah, one one thing I've talked about when it comes to having your own website, you're going to want to do everything. You're going to be super ambitious that first day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, what matters more is just consistency about it. Agreed. You know, making sure that you set a schedule. Don't make any promises. Yep. Don't say coming soon. Don't do any of that stuff. Don't announce stuff. Like Just, just do what just you want to do and just yep. say, okay. I'm going to try personally to do this. Can you only write on a so Saturday night each week? Great. That's awesome. Do it. You have do it. Just put on your Saturday once a week. That turns into twice a week after that. Don't, yep. don't be stupid and say every single day I'm going to do this. You Cause know, it's, it's hard to write daily. It's, it's, it's hard. It's, I don't know how I do it. I honestly don't. I, I'm switching the, to the, the lucky now. thing is that you have a topic already though, too. If you, Very if you true. had to come with a new topic every night, I think that would be even more difficult. That would be, at least be you know what you're going to write about. I'm sure sometimes it is a grind. I can totally relate oh, yeah. guys. So there are times Nick does not want to write the roundup. I guarantee it. Um, because we all, it. we all go through it like, Oh my gosh, I have to do this, but then you get into it and you start enjoying it. Yep. But yeah, having a topic certainly helps, but um, yeah, don't overcommit yourself. Just get some reps on right. virtual paper. And, and there's, there's a three tier thing I talk about when it comes to add the actual website. I, uh, Essentially, you have like your level of, you know, the, the super professional ones where essentially how it's structured, you don't really care about the content. You want to read it because of the presentation. Yeah. Then you have the bottom tier, which is if it looks really, really bad, if you really don't put any effort into any sort of design, you have to you have to do so much more with the writing to yeah. stand out with it. Um, and then there's a middle tier of just like, okay, this is good enough. Like now I'm going to give the the content the proper chance. So really, I know a lot of people will just say, um, uh, like I've done this before, like, oh, as long as the writing is good, then like, I don't care. No, we all recognize there is a subconscious, you know, we look at the the thing on the page oh, and certainly. we're going to say like, oh, all the all this bad CSS and formatting that clearly then the writing is going to assign that same, uh, you know, lack of polish, I guess. Mm-hmm. So put some note into it. it. All that matters though is just the article. Don't think about all the sections of the site. Just, just the article. That's all that matters there. You know, and I like PulseBoard.com is not super flashy, but I thought it was presentable enough. This, that- this is great. Honestly, yeah. this is fine. Uh, There's no s- silly, flashy things. This is fantastic. 
I, w- I was always pretty happy with with how like, it's still pumping out my tweets. By the way, I know I just know oh, that right in the bottom right corner. I was like, <laughs> wait, those are from this morning. That's really funny. Um, but yeah, so you know that 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 kind of brings us current there. I mean, again, it was glossing over a lot to to get there, and I never necessarily thought I would get a full career in baseball, but just doing everything, kind of making yourself in into the community in both communities, fantasy baseball and the Twitch community baseball Twitch community that I'm in. I just kind of was a part of them first. Like I, if, if you go in thinking like, I got to be a content creator here and I'm trying to make money like that, that that's never the first thing to be thinking right. like, I got to make money doing this because you ain't getting rich here. Yeah. I'd be much richer if I'd say to Dell, but would I be as happy? I don't think so. Cause I get to write about baseball for a living. Right. So, um, yeah, but that's, that's, that's the, the, the quick story. And it was still pretty long. No, that was, I loved every moment of that. I had a couple things that I wanted to uh, touch upon uh, quickly there. Um, so when you said you were doing freelance writing, it wasn't really working um, as you're uh, a dealer um, a bit. I were maybe doing some like the Dell stuff. Um, by the way, just just the, the vision. I want to see a photo of you dealing at a poker table so badly. Man, I wonder if there are any. I mean, these were, be. these were, I mean, I'm sure there is somewhere, but these were, I mean, these were illegal games. Um Oh, okay. Because we were taking a rake. I mean, I don't care if my picture is there. Like, well, they're not going to arrest. <laughs> were you me. like you're in a vest with a bow tie? No, 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 none of that, none of that. Like, it, like we weren't. No, 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 no visor. <laughs> Basically, just how I am now. Okay, um, fair enough. Wearing one of my baseball caps if I was right. wearing a hat, um, and then you know, in my normal, I didn't have to wear anything. You would be the lay of the law, though. Like, I know yeah. that you could hold a table down. Yes. And because so you start to get the drunk job. folks in. Right. Um, you know, I, I I would just be, I'm just going to say, I was, I was good at it. I, I was, I, I was I, good I at no dealing. Doubt. And, uh, you know, you have a good time out there. You get some tips. People start getting friendly and sure. thinking that you had anything to do with them winning. All of a sudden, you're collecting 50 bucks on a pot where you're like, okay, I, all right. I did was deal the cards, buddy. I'm happy you won. <laughs> and not to uh, mention yeah. you're like me. You have the limbs to help. That's you, a, that's huge. You know? I can reach yeah. everything. I got exactly. everything here. And I'm like, <laughs> you focus on playing. I'll I'll put your chips where they need to be. Right. Uh, but you mentioned that you were doing some freelance writing before the the full-time gigs at uh, uh, offers at RotoWire yeah. and, and Fangraphs. What was the first real gig you got? You were doing the, the Roto Junkie stuff. You were doing the, uh, the speed guide. But what was yeah. the first person that approached you and said, hey, I want to actually pay you for your writing? Um, well, I got little payments here and there, but the first job was Baseball Prospectus. And I reached mm-hmm. out to them and I just said, do you guys need any fantasy folks? And they're like, yeah. And again, they wanted to see samples. I had samples right. ready. And boom, I'm working at Baseball Perspectives, which was huge. Yeah. I mean, they they're not as they're not like as known for fantasy at this time, but it's still Baseball Perspectives that I get to say I work for, which was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Like that was huge, and I was like, oh wow. And um, so that was a great opportunity to just to be involved with with BP, um, as my first like kind of regular paying gig. And again, I picked up small gigs here and there to try to. Uh, supplement the income as much as I could before finally taking it full time. Right. And I mean, this is also, it, it, I don't know when the exact boom happened. Uh, just generally, of course, during the uh, the 2010s, I don't know what to call those, the teens. Uh, the tens, sure. Yeah, the tens, sure. I, at some point, the internet became a lot more of a fluid place where we realized all the things that we can do on it. Yeah. Um, and all the opportunities. I mean, you have like, you have all your money-making ventures. Twitch obviously becoming fun. You have Patreon as well becoming a thing. You have 
yeah, all these extra elements to realize like, oh, wait, me interacting on the internet actually isn't just a waste of time. You're know, exactly. becoming a huge moneymaker for everybody, too. And that, of course, you know, applied to uh, the fantasy baseball world as well. Podcasting, obviously, being a huge thing. All of a sudden, there's a million podcasts on Apple, on Apple Podcasts, including this one. That's and right. by the way, I should mention, you should be following uh, this podcast on Twitter. Uh, it's going to be Nick Friends Pod. So come on Love by, it. give us a follow. You'll see all the the podcasts we have. Definitely ch- follow the Pitcherless Pods uh, Twitter handle where you see all of the the podcasts inside of our network as well. I should have done that at the beginning, and I didn't. Hey, you're you found here. the plug it. There you go. We got there. Uh, what would you say, um, looking at your entire career of writing? Because it's been a while. Yes, score. I am old. What are the articles you've written? And I mean, while in a good way of like, you are a vet in this. And, and, and honestly, you're not a vet that is uh, like, there, there are different crowds in the industry. You're part of the crowd that's going to be here for a long time in a, in a very good way. You should be. Why wouldn't you? Uh, the only reason you went is if like the Twitch thing continues to go in such a good way as it is. That True. you just go yeah. like, all right, not doing that as much anymore. This is clearly much more successful. And that's very much understandable. Uh, but that aside, we'll talk about Twitch in a second because I want to hear a lot of things about that. What articles have stuck out to you as like, oh, man, that is one of my favorite articles I've ever written? That's a great question right there. I, re- I really like that one. There was one, I think it's actually still, it, it wasn't even submitted anywhere. It's on Paul Spore, where I wrote about Roy Halladay. And it was kind of like my first attempt at um, writing about like a, a, a full profile. And this was like when he had gone all the way down to the minors and worked his way back and and bringing up, uh, what what's the guy's name? Mel Queen. I think that's the pitching coach that, that he really loved. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of wrote the whole story there. And it was, like I said, something that I hadn't really been doing. Um, I was really focused on like transaction analysis, lists, things like that. And I, and I had this whole feature on Roy Halladay and I was pretty, I was pretty proud of that. Um, it felt good to try to do that. I really enjoyed um, deep diving and, and really researching that article too, because I had to find some of the info about what he was struggling with as he was being sent down and kind of working sure. his way back. So there's definitely that. Um, I'm trying to think of others that, that, that stand out and I'm, I'm failing to do so if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, maybe try and phrase this a different way then. Uh, was there a certain article where you highlighted a player saying like, this guy is going to break out. And then all of a sudden he did in some way. My best one, the one that I've like gotten the most credit for would be, would be the uh, 2014 SP guide. Okay. And that was when Doug Thorburn was working with me and we were both huge on Kluber. Nice. Huge. Yeah. And really thought that the stuff that he'd done in 13 was just the beginning. Right. And he was doing mechanics analysis strictly from the mechanics side. Hmm. And I was doing, you know, kind of everything else part. I'd write the profile. He'd write the mechanics report card. And we both came to the conclusion separately. We wrote our stuff separately and we were both heavy on Kluber. Now, we were not the only ones. In fact, Carson Sestouli gets a lot of attention for his being um, foremost on, on Kluber as well. And 
totally respect everything Carson did, and he deserves that credit too. So I'm not here to take oh, yeah, anything. Yeah. This is, I think this, this is, is a about shared. This is a shared credit situation though too, because I I think you know we came at it from a different angle too. We were more fantasy focused and everything. Anyway, but uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest ones that I think I get credit for. That I feel I feel like hey, we really we really did something there. We really put people on somebody that uh, could have won them their league because he was not super expensive yet, even as even as pockets of people were interested in Kluber in 2014. Nice. Uh, all right. So I think you mentioned Eno before. I think he is likely going to be the answer for this question, but uh, who has taught you the most in the industry? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's definitely Eno. Um, just learning from him both tacitly in terms of watching him and mm-hmm. and not interacting with you know not asking him direct questions but also with asking him questions and understanding his process what he does um you know what he aims for and how he's always trying to be innovative and ahead of the curve and and give people something that they can't get elsewhere uh it's it's inspiring it really is so he's definitely one of the biggest for sure Jason Collette's pretty huge too, even though oh, yeah. Collette has not been like a full-time writer. I mean, he introduced me to the baseball forecaster. He was in Texas. Like we'd been friends on Roto Junkie. He was in Texas for work and he's like, Hey, you want to link up, watch some, uh, it was during an NFL championship weekend. It's like, you want to watch championship games? I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm gonna go meet this friend off the internet. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, people were joking with me. I was like, Oh my friend's going. And of course the nicest person in the world. And he's like, check it out. And he shows me the forecaster. And I, this is like, he gave me drugs, you know, <laughs> and it, we had a great trip and now I'm a drug addict. And it's like, Hey, Jason, you shouldn't have done that, but I'm glad you did. Uh, it's a lot less dangerous than being a drug addict, but it, I'm, I'm not trying to be flip about drug addiction, by the way. I'm just saying it was that kind of like, Holy smokes. You know, when they talk, when, when drug addicts reflect back and they talk about the first time or whatever, about how their life changed again, much different life change, much better, but it was that sort of like, holy crap, this is so great. I bought one instantly, uh, and I, I think this was I think this was o three, and I've gotten it every year since, and I learned so much just reading the front stuff in the baseball HQ. So you mentioned people, and Eno and Jason are are two top up there, but reading the forecaster and reading it, not just reading the player profiles, but reading the front pages, taught me so much year over year so even though i've never um uh i'd never worked for them for several years until i finally uh, had a dream come true of writing for the forecaster i was taking so much from baseball hq in terms of learning about what fan analyzing fantasy was about and how to try to be up front uh you know on the cutting edge of things and not just reciting old stuff or doing what everyone else is doing Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I think something that might be helpful for a lot of people is is kind of hearing, you know, maybe it was Eno, Jason, maybe it was someone else, uh, the, the early tips as you're getting into it. And you have a certain understanding of what the industry is. I, I remember actually, I used to work at Guitar Center for 11 months. And yep. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be a salesman. I'm supposed to act like this and realizing over time, no, you're supposed to be like this. Instead, uh, we have these uh, interpretations of it. And along the way, you have people guide you and, and give you certain tips. With it. I actually remember um, two things that I tell everybody now that you passed on to me were uh, about podcasts. Like, hey, make sure you say the name like every other sentence. Yeah. And That's round the, the numbers. It's not yes. about being 12.3%. It's about being just over 12%. Yes. Just because you know, when people are listening, 
we're already flooding their brain with numbers. Right. So I try to cut those decimals just to keep it easy, especially Absolutely. if we're saying like a slash line or something. That's why I try not to say a slash line. I'd rather just say the OPS. It's easier. It gives you an idea of where we're at. And and if I'm doing 12.8% and then you jumped it up to 14.2%, it's, it's just extra. It's extra. Right. And for dummies yeah. like me, shave it's, it down. And of course the names so is the biggest better. and yep. you're one of the best in the biz. And I pride myself on being like that too. And I think that's super important. Hey, that, um, you told me all that stuff, Spore. What are you talking about? You're the one that gave me that advice. I'm like, that's fantastic. So well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking glad. about for you, like who were the people that kind of gave you those uh, pieces of advice? Well, the one story I, I like to tell that uh, I will tell now, I was writing for this place called sportsblurb.com guy. Mark Allen Haverty was always running different sites, really keeping me involved. I mean, he helped cultivate my career a lot. I, I owe a lot of credit to to Mark. He's not in the business anymore, but he would, you know, get me in these magazines that he was publishing. Um, anytime he had a new venture, he wanted to see if I wanted to write for him. So he was very instrumental, uh, especially when I was younger, but we were going to have a call for the magazine. And I was one of the first ones on with Rick Wilton, who is a longtime injury guy in the industry. Um, I don't know how much he's writing now. I know he'd fallen on some poor health and and gotten better and everything. So I just hope he's, I hope he's doing well, but it was just him and I on the call. And he's, you know, really nice guy, uh, older man, um, engaging with me like, Hey, you know, what do you, what do you do? And I was like, Oh, I'm a Jack of all trades, man. I do baseball, I do football. And he's like, Hey, that's great. Um, one thing to maybe consider though, is to find something you really like and really zero in. Like I do injuries. I'm an injury guy. You can do baseball, you can do football, you can do it all. And if it's working, it's working. Um, like Jake Seeley is a multi-sport guy and he does it brilliantly, but he's like, don't be afraid to maybe laser focus and find something that you're that guy. And it was right then that I was like, Oh, I need to just, uh, I just need to focus on pitching more because I was already doing the SP guide stuff, but I'm like, I want to be like a pitching go-to and I'll write about hitters and such, but I want to be a pitching go-to and I really dialed in and, you know, I think the SP guy probably jumped up a level that next year in terms of that's when the 100,000 word pieces started coming out um, and everything. And I, and I zeroed in. And again, it doesn't mean you can't succeed as a general person. But if you really want to stand out, I think there's, it, it's easier to stand out with a niche and something that, that you really care about. Um, you know, look at like the bloom boards that, that Ryan Bloomberg does, uh, Bloom, yeah, Ryan Bloomfield, great. excuse me, does. And those are amazing. And that's something that he's kind of like known for now. Um, Alex Chamberlain with his, with his leaderboard and his stats and it, all that advanced pitching stuff. There's, that's kind of a good way to get a foothold in is to have a specialization. And yep. so that was from Rick Wilton huge information that was pivotal for me because I dumped football. I dumped football completely. Smart man. And Love that. <laughs> not financially, Nick, not financially. <laughs> um, I, I dumped football and then really started to take on pitching focus. And then anytime I was in on something that said, Hey, what do you want to do? I would say pitching. You know, if it was like, Hey, we're going to do a magazine. Is there something you want? Pitching always at the right. top. I'll do something like a pitching article. I'll do my 10 favorites. I'll break down somebody, this, that always wanted to do pitching stuff. Um, and even today, you know, I still want to focus on that. Like we'll do our fan graphs um, uh, lists this year that we do on the front page every year. And I always get either teams one through 15 or fi- 16 through 30 for pitching. They're not going to put me on catchers um, because, well, actually one year I did do catchers, but I did pitch as well. Yeah. It was tough. And I took yeah. one for the team and you know, they, they appreciated it. I appreciated that they acknowledged how difficult writing about sure, catchers yeah. was, but anyway, yeah. So that was the specialization was the big advice from Rick. 
And uh, I, I thank him for it every time I see he goes to Arizona Fall League a lot. And I'm always like that call, Rick, our call, man. Appreciate you. The kind of insight and the foresight that he had. I mean, I, we've seen in the past decade. That's really how the whole world works. Not just in, yeah. in this. It's it's all about hyper specialization. <laughs> it really especially is. Especially as the people that want to be involved with. Um, I guess being an online presence and a brand, yeah. the more people are involved with it. Yeah, you have to have that thing that is you. And people say, oh, for that, you want to go to this person. Exactly. And then you can talk about other things. Like, I don't have to only talk about starting pitching. Same with you, right? But that comes later. You can spread out once you have you know, your, 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 your base. Hill, yeah. Your, your little hurdle that you've created along this flat uh, track. So... I, I can't agree with that more. I think Rick is incredibly smart to recognize that as early as he did because, I mean, now it's just like everyone has to be, well, no, you need to be good at this, 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 and this, you know, mm-hmm. specialized and not just, oh, I'm a psych major. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Oh, what what, what specifically? Yeah, yeah, you got you got to zero in. I mean, it, like you're right, though. Uh, uh, specialization and, and narrow focus is prevalent across the entire landscape right now um with there's there's something for everything you know and right. so uh, i love that we're known as as pitching guys and it's something That's i so strive better. to get better at all the time too i well you know when i started i could uh, i could really only analyze a stat page now i have a little understanding more understanding of actually analyzing mechanics not to the degree you did you pitched in college but i'm getting better um i still couldn't tell you what's wrong with a pitching uh, with, with a batting swing to save my life there's literally no chance <laughs> I mean, i'll say this if anyone saw my mechanics in college they'd be like he's talking about mechanics <laughs> no 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 it, this just it, means you had bad <laughs> ones so you know what's what not i, I guess do. that's fair i mean doug thorbin amazing i mean you had yes. a fantastic partner there to help that's you a huge out with mentor. that he is, he's huge. so fantastic and i learned mechanics stuff that's where i learned everything i know currently about mechanics was from him and i've built on that foundation of actually understanding stuff looking for different things before I, again you know everyone can see like the outliers on goofiness um you know josh commenters over the top or like right. tony Bautista's open pit batting stance or whatever but it's about when the guys are like more or less the same and finding the, the, the nuance there right you know they have a traditional windup but then you can find that at toe tap something's going wrong their hips aren't where they need to be and all that sort of stuff and that's the stuff that i still want to get sure to the elite level on but i'm i'm in the ballpark at least i used to be on the outside it's really funny you mentioned those two examples so like tony batista it looks really weird but then if you look at them right before the pitch is released it's it's normal same as everybody exactly it's only a way for him to get back to that and then josh commenter i i learned this actually from my from my college coach was saying that different arm angles everybody's actually kind of the same it's just about how you tilt your head and your shoulders to get to that that's so true mentor then just takes a normal thing and then just tilts it way far to the yeah. left but if you notice it like that it's like oh okay i understand like mechanically how that works i don't know if that's ideal no that, like yeah he like, kind of it's like you take your normal thing and then all of a sudden shove it right against your head or something like that which <laughs> Which I've certainly had the impression at times, like, oh man, that's that's so awkward. Oh wait, no, he's actually just twisting everything to adjust for that. That was um, wild how he did it though. That over the top uh, like axe crazy. throw. Yeah, it, it if was. He had any view? I wonder if that could have worked better. I mean, he yeah, had some success. You could argue maybe that's kind of why he didn't have as much velo. Exactly. Uh, yeah, because to make the full trebuchet whip with your arm. Absolutely right. I that. mean, but he still put up a three sixty four ERA in six hundred ninety five innings. 
with a 120. Way to be, way to be Josh. That's like We're a proud pretty of you, good man. That's like We're proud of you. How many over over four ERA seasons do you think he had? Uh, I'm going to say three. None. Look at him. Well, wow. okay, one. Wait, his last season he had 17 innings with a nine ERA, but like before that, I, I think that just ruins his entire career. We loved him before. Before that, you ruined it. You should have quit. <laughs> you know when to quit next time. All right, oh sorry. man! All right, Moving let's uh, let's to finish to put a pin on baseball. I want to talk more about. Um, uh, well, I, I think something we don't really talk about enough in this industry is it's more than just writing. Yes. Uh, it, it's sure you're having your analysis and you're, and you're putting yourself out there, but your story is freelance writer, then came into Fangraphs, and then you were put in the position of being a manager. Mm-hmm. And what was that shift like for you? It was Eno who uh, then joins the Athletic, or actually maybe it was even before he did more Fangraphs stuff, and then you took over Rotographs. Is that right? Correct. He went to the, the front athletic. page, and then he went to the Athletic. But So he was there for a while when I first started it. Um, that's that, That's a whole new thing, right? Like, you don't if you do envision yourself in this in this uh, industry, you certainly don't think that you'll necessarily get to a management position. Right. Like I wasn't thinking that. I'm like, I just want to be a cog, and I want to be an important cog. But like, I'm just trying to write in podcast. You're a good looking cog. All right. Thank you. you know? Appreciate that. Nice so and uh, no oil Jeff needed. Jen. You got this. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, you know, I just wanted to do my thing, but obviously I didn't want to pass up the opportunity to run Rotographs. I thought that was an amazing opportunity. And so, you know, helping get people wrangled, being there for them. Everyone has different needs, but that's something that uh, you kind of, that that's more learning on the fly for sure. Now I did have management experience at Dell as well. So it certainly wasn't new to running a team. Right. A virtual team is a, a lot more different uh, to run than it is a live team that you meet up with every single day though yeah. too. So, uh, you know, some of the skills transferred, but not all of them. And it's even still I'm learning and I'm trying to be better at it. I mean, I, th- I, I try to take a lot from what you do. I think you do an amazing job with pitchless. Like, all right. All right. This over is- the, no, I'm serious, man. Like it's, it's, incredible what you guys are able to do, especially with the staff that you bring on every year. Um, why it works. I mean, the, 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 we have unreal. it's an incredible staff and the depth of it is amazing. And so, you know, that's still, that's still a spot that I want to be better at, but I've definitely got gotten comfortable with that transition. I enjoy it. And, um, I like, I like kind of being in charge of the, of, of the club and, you know, it's not anything where I'm like way up here and everyone else is below. No way. Especially like, right. you know, we're peers. We're still peers. Like they just basically I'm a liaison for them to the big guy, uh, David Appleman. And I try to help them any way I can, but I don't ever want them to be like, Oh, Paul's above me. No, I'm sure. not. Only yeah, in well, height. Of course. Yeah. I know this. Uh, in height my boss there. Yeah. So and, uh, I, you know, I guess, I guess the, the question I have is what was the major change that you had to make to be a manager? And what would you say helped you the most of, you know, coordinating inside this virtual a management position. Well, being there for everyone, uh, definitely something that, you know, when I was myself and, you know, knew when to expect my articles and everything, I could just be on that time and I don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. I, I could literally be away from my desk for the, like I could, you know, take a day off, so to speak. I could be somewhere else because I already turned in my article and it doesn't matter. Right. When you're the manager, people might need you. Something might go wrong in the, in the, uh, in the word processor. Something might go wrong where, um, they need a time off and their schedule because their kids are thrown up and somebody's yep. got to put an article up and nobody else put an article up. Well, then I got to write something because we got to have some content, sure. you know, and things like that. And that's, that's okay. Like that comes with the job. And that's just something that, Hey, 
I, I have this flexibility of this job, but that doesn't mean I can just be nowhere. I have to be on my phone or at the computer able to help my folks be in the best position to put up good articles and do their thing. And now it's not, they're not a very needy group and I appreciate that, but I'm ready for them if they do need me. Love it. Uh, very quick questions just about your actual fantasy baseball life. I'm not okay. going to talk about, uh, you know, the, the accolades, all that kind of stuff, which you have. Okay. I want to hear what is the longest tenured fantasy league you have? It could be one that you got out of, but as okay. when you look back at you, yeah, then it's the baseball. one that it's the one that my dad started at his work in 1989. Oh, wow. And it only ended like three years ago. Two, amazing two years ago yeah yeah and my mom was in it and she won three titles really she won them on her own so i don't want to hear anybody <laughs> talking business i love that she so studied much. um and you know uh my dad has a few titles too and I, I i got a couple myself i think i think i ended with two my dad and mom both have three and they always held that over me very rude <laughs> but uh yeah i was al only 10 teamer and you know we, we grew up in you know in detroit so we're al only family and this is before interleague play too so it made sense. The only leagues made more sense. I mean, they still make plenty of sense, but uh, this is also pre-internet, by the way. But that was the longest tenured one, like I said, that ended about two years ago. Um, and then there was an NL auction that I was doing that I had to quit because of a conflict that I was in for, I think, 12 years. Wow. And yeah. when did you start the one uh, with your parents? They started in 89 and I got in in 93. Three, yeah, it'd be twelve. When you were four. Uh, no, hold on. Twelve. Okay, twelve. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like I was wow. there at every draft and everything, and you know, um, my dad knew that I was like really studying everything, yeah. but I still remember my first draft, and I think it was like the fourth or fifth round. I drafted Mike McFarlane because he was like a twenty home run catcher, and the 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 next snap that my dad had to look over at me, and the glare <laughs> he gave me, like boy. What did you just do? <laughs> and um, I'm going to look up the years because I think he ended up being good. And I had the last laugh on that. But my dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the previous year, he'd had 17 homers at catcher. I only had 234, which is pretty bad. But I was oh, like, yeah. hey, man, 17 too. homers. I need a catcher. And this is like it, it's it's in the first six or seven rounds. I, right. Four is what is in my brain, but I'm not 100 percent certain. But he hit 20 homers, and that was a career high. So suck it, Dad. Okay, maybe I'm a better <laughs> player analyst than you are. Rest in peace. I love you. <laughs> but uh, oh, no, for real, like the the glare he gave me, like, did you just take Mike McFarlane? It was a one-catcher league, by the way, too. There was no okay. real premium on catcher, even as right. a 10-team ale only. Like, right. just get whomever if you're not getting the top, top dog. And uh, But Mike McFarlane was very good that year, so I feel justified and vindicated. I didn't win the league. <laughs> took me a while. I mean, it was your league. first year. Yeah, right, it took me a while. 12. This is their... <laughs> it took me a while. I think I first won it when I was 18, so I think it was my sixth or seventh year. Oh, that's that must have been such a great feel. It was great. And I, um, my dad finished third. He was in it. He was chasing me. He kept saying, objects in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear. Like, he, he's just on me all September. And I'm like, I think I got it. And then, uh, and then um, I tied with my best friend. And that was on the very last day. Tied. So like this is a roto league with points and everything. And, it, and we were both at like 62 and a half, like a wow. literal tie, which wow. was a nightmare. Uh, yeah. So you so, had to share it. So, had, so my first was... title was a share. So my oh, dad held no. that over me. And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, you can't even win it by yourself. You need your best friend's help. That's fine. No problem. Maybe you'll just get one the next. But then I won the next year after that go. by myself. So Love that was it. good. Well, what was your team name? Um, the Bat Boys, because I was the young one. Oh, okay, I like yeah. that. 
Yeah, I like easy, that. Easy peasy. I, I've generally gone with Pollock and Pollock LLC. I like I it. Came up well, with that like four years ago, I was like, that's that's going to be what it is. And then one year we went to almost a uh, almost the entire league was like Seinfeld themed, mm. and so um, I was Primerica Industries for that. <laughs> so yeah, but um, the Bad Boys was primarily primarily what I was being the, being the young buck in the in the league. But that was that was great, man. I love that league, and it was so fun to get together for the draft. Even the years I wasn't in it. Oh yeah. Um, I still remember one year my mom found Sammy Sosa in the back of my sticker book and drafted him and it was keeper league and she got some pretty good year. Obviously he he was really good with uh the Cubs. So, so she saw that you liked him? No, no, she sticker was, book. No, she saw that at the back end there was a prospects page. And so she was like looking on those. She's like, "Let me see that book that you got. That sticker it's book that you're collecting." Sosa. And also another guy she saw in there was Phil Plantier. You remember that name at all? Um, and he had 34 homers for the Padres. So she was too early on both of them, to be honest. Um, I think the year she drafted Plantier was 91 when he did, when he did do pretty well in 53 games, but the, they both broke out in the National League, Plantier and Sosa. So my mom should have gotten in dynasty leagues with hmm. AL and NL. She was too good for, for, she was better than her. She even knew out here winning titles left and right. Frank Thomas <laughs> was her core player, by the way. That's why okay. I rooted for my mom's team before I got in the league and suck at dad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe that's why he gave me such, such business uh, when, when we were competing, but do no, you, uh, do you know the, the worst trade you ever made? Oh, I don't. Um, I don't the best one, which was that. It's in that league. I traded a rod for uh, Derek Jeter and a guy who's now an absolute scumbag in John Wetland. But at the time we didn't know he was complete trash. Um, but yeah, so I wasn't competing. This guy needed saves. And I was like, I can give you a premium closer and I'll give you an, a, a great shortstop, but you got to give me the best shortstop. And I kept a rod throughout. Like th- this was early. Yeah. This was a rod was already great. Like I didn't, I didn't get in on a rod like at the very ground floor, but this was pretty early and I had him throughout. I mean, if it's like 98 or something like that. That's okay. what I'm saying. Like, it, 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 it's, That's for what, a decade and a half or something? I yeah, mean, and I, I just kept him every single year. It had to have been, it it was it would have been around 97, 98. So again, wow. he got some good out of A-Rod, but I got in and I got just amazing numbers every year. So, so. I was in a I was in a 10 team. This is like the hometown one. I, for a long time, we had this. It ended, I think, like two years ago. We had our computer uh, science teacher from high school in this league with us. <laughs> That's so awesome. We used to like make the, you know, our drafts during like the 20 minute break we had. Yeah. I don't know how that worked. We <laughs> drafted fantasy teams in 2003 on Yahoo during 20 minute break. Um, but we had this keeper league uh, at, for like 15 years or so. I, th- I remember winning in 2012 when I was tr- I tried to trade away Mike Trout, I uh, <gasps> and like after like his first hot month for like a Ramos Ramirez, and the person said no, and I, I cannot be more happy about that. Oh my <laughs> gosh! I was like, all right, I, I look, I had I had just gone through my Fangraphs Renaissance a year ago, but mm-hmm. still didn't really know about Trout. Yeah, and it was doing great. I was like, oh okay. I, I picked him up. He's had like a couple of good weeks or something. Sure. I, I know this. Aramis Ramirez. I need the third base. Aramis Ramirez is a beast. Dude, Back then, so. he was good. Yo, Aramis Ramirez is a really good, really I, good player. But yeah, he was like, nah, man, Aramis is dope. I'm not going to take okay. a chance. I'm you like, keep right, Aramis. I'll keep this fish Fine. boy. Oh, That's amazing. God. That's amazing. Ooh, Sometimes best trades are the ones you don't make. That cliche right. is real for a reason. 
Oh my god! All right, so I want to I want to switch over to Twitch here, okay? Because that's a big part of your life. It's not it just is. it's not just fantasy baseball stuff. You've transitioned this really well into a fantastic following on Twitch. I believe you have twenty five thousand followers right yeah, now on Twitch. Twenty five k a couple weeks ago, yeah. Oh, fantastic! Uh, you're a partner uh, yes. as well, which is it's hard to get a, a partner status on Twitch. You've achieved that. Uh, what was your first stream like? Oh boy, probably pretty bad. Um, actually not even that bad. I imagine it was just very quiet, uh, mm-hmm. both in the chat and from me. So I, ashamed is not the right word. Cause I was not ashamed of doing it, but I kind of kept it a little bit under wraps when I first started dabbling sure. in doing it. It was late night. And sometimes I didn't even tweet out that I was doing it. And so at that point I streamed through my PS4, which you can do. You can just through all the systems, you can sign into Twitch there and just stream through that. And, and it, it's pretty easy setup. And I built my entire community off it. By the way, everyone thinks they oh, need wow. some giant, huge rig. We got partnered through as a PS4 stream, which is a big deal for those that, that yeah. know, um, how things work in there. And, Cause everyone's like, Oh, I'm saving up. I'm gonna get this $1,500 computer that I'm gonna start streaming. It's like, Whoa, buddy. Yeah. You, you don't, don't know. Do if yeah. you don't know that you can build an audience, do not spend $1,500 for crying out loud. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I assume the first one was probably pretty quiet. Maybe had a straggler or two come in. I was at a major disadvantage. When you stream through the PS4, it loads in your game title with the uh, with, with the trademarks for the game. So it's like okay. MLB, R with the little circle over it or whatever. But then Twitch the show, that. TM, and then you're not in the directory. Oh no. Unless you remove those. So I didn't even know this. Wow. And until I don't know, a couple of weeks in that people say, Hey, you got to change your game title on twitch.tv, like on your own website there to take out those trademarks. And then you can at least show them the directory. Now I did have a little bit of advantage that I had a Twitter following. So once I started to share it, right. You know, I could get a few viewers, but I didn't leverage that Twitter following the way a lot of people think that it would just be like automatic. Okay. You were big. Cause not all my Twitter, Twitter followers, give a single flip about twitch Look most of them are probably clean like just for me oh i, I got, appreciate I got you. you so much spore they're like uh you know i don't want to watch some some dork play video games i still get the whole like people watch you play video right. games like and i i get it until you try it uh, you're probably like well, well, what well is i mean it? i think the stigma of twitch is is very much on the way out oh it's for sure already for gone. sure you, you definitely get called a boomer now if you if you say yeah, like you yeah hey you you you, you watch people, people watch you play video games yeah boomer they do okay yeah, it's, it's a it's more lucrative than sports in many ways than yeah it's it's really crazy it's insane and so right. um the, but the way i really broke in was ingratiating myself in that community being in content channels and just engaging I, and it, with no ulterior motive it wasn't like come watch my stream i was right. enjoying watching cutting up with these folks making jokes having a good time and they're like oh this guy's pretty cool and then they'd see oh hey you were streaming then i then you get like a, a host from somebody so they're gonna they're gonna sign offline and they're gonna send all their viewers to you mm-hmm. and they might recognize you from that chat and so i, I built organically i really did nice. um and it was a lot of fun. It, it was absolutely a lot of fun. Uh, it still is. I love it. But uh, some of those PS4 streams that I did, th- those were amazing. They used to do MLB The Show updates overnight, like the new mm. content, like the updated cards would come out. And so we would stay up until that was done. It was like uh, it was usually like 3 Eastern, 2 Central, because oh, that, that's my. midnight Pacific. 
Right, right. And so that's when it would go live and we would wait for, and sometimes it'd be late. Sometimes it'd be like five in the morning and like updates out. And I, we'd have this whole shit. And I'd be in the middle of a game. I quit. We got to go see the update. I don't right, care right, if I'm right. winning. I'm quitting right <laughs> away because we don't want them to spoil it. Like who got updated. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. We had some really great times. My community. I love my community. It's so much fun and building it the way we have, you know, my, uh, my longest subscribers now, I think are coming up on like four years. Oh man, um, with that's their crazy. with their sub streak. So, so you've been fun. around for four or five years then. Yeah, I've been since fifteen. That's amazing. Uh, that's and so, so great. And like that's uh, that's something I think we lose sight of a lot. Like you've been working at this stuff for a long time. Yes, you know, success like yours doesn't just show up. It's constant. You have to continuously grind away uh, to get to that spot. Um, and I mean, even I look at your Twitter, I mean, you have over 30,000 followers on Twitter, which is amazing. You're it's also insane. verified, which is insane. I got lucky, dude. I got when in did before, you get verified in before the crackdown. Just, I, I got like right before it, like uh, probably a few months before it, but yeah, like I wow. got in before they really started to peel back. Um, and you know, I was able to show and, and, you know, the, there was credibility in the, the sites I was working for Rotowire and Fangraphs and everything. Sure. I think that certainly helped, but obviously I should not be verified. Um, you know, of especially over, some, uh, <laughs> I rank pretty low on the, the, the important scale. I've, I've seen, I've seen many people, if you are followers that don't well, yeah, use it, there's, that kind there's of some, stuff. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, you're I'll just you say there's be identified inside the industry that you are. There's some greatly, uh, there's some large misses on unverified YouTubers. I think YouTubers and mm. Twitch streamers since the cut down, um, these pe- are people with like hundreds of thousands of followers, maybe right. even a million. So like, that's when I say like, okay, they should have my check. I, I feel honored to have it. And people put way too much stock into it. You can tell when somebody's like threatened by it, they bring it up instantly. I don't care. I don't think I'm important. I really, I really, really don't. Threatened by your check? Oh, you've never seen people that are threatened by the blue check? Oh, no. oh my gosh. There's people out there that are so upset about it. Doesn't that, because the second that you get into an argument with them, they're like, okay, blue check. It's like, what? I didn't, I never oh, have no. suggested I'm an authority on anything because of it. It's cool to have. And it certainly helps. Like if I tweet somebody that also has it, say they're super famous and they only do like verified only. Well, they'll see my tweet. Yeah. So I might right. have like a more famous person actually engage with me. I don't matter though. I do not matter. And <laughs> uh, the grand scheme. And I'm not saying trying to be self-deprecating. I know my place. I love my place in the fantasy baseball community. There are hundreds of people who probably deserve the check more than I do, but I'm glad I got it. Well, it's I think it's pretty funny that you have the check and it's squints. Yes. Uh, it's not like they're verified. Yes, this is the person of squints. It's not of squints. No. It's a Paul Spore. Uh how long have you had that squints uh, avatar? On on Twitch forever. Yeah. Forever. forever yeah because it started with are you the guy from sandlot are you the guy from sandlot are you the guy right, from right, sandlot? Of like yes yes i am have you ever considered but, making it you um no i i could be because i think i think because my face is already going to be on the screen once you come in there that you're right. going to see that it's me um that i've never really considered it i don't think about my avatar on twitter I, or twitch i think because the twitter one's great by the way Thank you. A lovely photo of you. I think I think I don't think about the Twitch one though because I don't really see the avatars of other people I interact with, so mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm putting out something that's you know that makes I sense. yeah you know I like you, you click on their page you see the little avatar there but then I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna see them like right. maybe I should have it and if you're recommending it I'm I'm taking that under I advisement I, I I think it's just something that people consider a lot uh, yeah. 
I mean, here I am. I, you know, two you weeks You just ago, made a big change. I, I just, yeah, I changed the, the, the Twitter account from uh, Pitchless to Nick Pollock, but it's still at Pitchless, but it's me now. Yeah. Uh, I, I've given a lot of thought to it. My, my journal feeling is, I mean, nothing is changing with the actual interactions on Twitter or anything. It's just, there's been confusion. It's about like, yeah. is this an individual or a company or is it a company exactly. with an individual? And this, no, it's an individual that I would just happen to run Pitcherless, but hey, you're talking to me. Yes. And there's a lot to be said about that. So I, I think it was the right change. But I think Squints isn't like a brand. It's not like the company or something. Yeah. Like, and I'm not trying to parlay off anyone thinking I'm truly him. It's always a gag. And in fact, exclamation Squints in my chat pulls up a command where I took a picture with him. We met him. Um, oh yeah, right. Oh, that, that was so great. I yeah, they that. did a Sandlot Road show, and Jen and I were like, "We are you kidding? Oh, you we're going to. to this. We Absolutely. are going." And um, you know, meeting him, Chauncey, uh, such a nice guy, so mm-hmm. cool. And um, he's like, "Whoa, you're super tall. You kind of look like I did." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, dude. Everyone kind of says that." Yeah. And I was like, "I there look more like Squints now than he does. He's like this <laughs> chill dude uh, who who you know looks like an adult, and I look like the kid version from from the Sandlot." Oh my god! But. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, just that to give awesome. you credit, by the way, you're the one. I mean, I talked about like that change on Twitter. You were the one, like, yeah, Nick, the, do that, make that change. I'm, so I'm I glad. I want that to be understood. That I, I think it was a great move. I, re- I really do. And um, again, that confu- No one has that confusion now that they are interacting with Nick. You're getting Nick all the time. You always were, but now you know you yeah, are. Yeah, now you know. Hey, what's up, guys? Come, come, hang out. Come, come, DM me. They've still going to be in a week feed. So far, so far, all the DMs. They've just been nice and wonderful. That's it, awesome. So far, so good. Can't wait until I have a bad streaming pick. Then we'll see what happens. <laughs> yes. But uh, please, please then, don't make me regret it. Then they'll um, come in with the heat. Now yeah, that yeah. I can find you, Nick. See, I wasn't gonna, <laughs> I wasn't gonna message add picture list, but now that I know it's you, how dare you pick him? How um, dare? To, to put a pin on on Twitch, I am really curious. Do you, do you have like a certain moment during the entirety of, of Twitch? I mean, really, it's two things. One, what was your Matthew Barry moment? I think with it, and on the other side of it, what was like a time streaming that was just that was the best stream that you had? It would definitely be one of those overnight ones, and I don't know that I can pinpoint a single one. But we had so many good, like my night owl following is huge. Um, And and to have, you know, 80 to 110 people ranging overnight at three in the morning and we're all waiting for this update. And, you know, people are saying the update's live and then it's not. And we like time them out. You know, you can't chat for 10 minutes because you lied about the update and we're just waiting for it, waiting for it. And people still bring those up. Remember those overnight streams? Those are probably the ones that, that, are going to be the memory. And then there's a, a city, uh, there's a field in the, in the game called center city and, and it's in the ghetto and there's no other way to say it. It is okay. in a rundown neighborhood. And sure. it's kind of interesting that they put a stadium in a rundown neighborhood. And I memed on that for like a whole night, one night. Mm-hmm. And that was another stream that is super memorable. I wish I had saved that one because we were all cutting up, making these jokes like these. They're, they're like blown out buildings. There's like eight trash piles. It's literally in this rundown right, right, park. Right. And so we made all this joke about I mean, they were a little bit off color in terms of like saying like drug use things and everything like that. But it was it, it, all in good fun of like memeing on this. It this, was uh, an inside joke. This it was you guys bonding yeah. as a community. Yeah, we were, and yeah. we were creating this whole environment now. And I, right. I still play at that park all the time. And, and we make jokes about that. So that was another super, super fun one. And then as far sure. as like the Matthew Berry moment, 
it'd probably be meeting Blake, meeting Blake Snell and becoming friends mm. with him. Oh yeah. Just, just via, via Twitch right. and finding out that he's just a really nice guy who likes to play video games and wanted to meet people in the MLB community. And I happen to be one of them. And then uh, he and, and a bunch of other viewers were part of like a, a, a huge, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, what do they call it? I can't remember. Oh, hype train when they're giving subs and, and donations and everything to build sure. you up. And we got to a level five, which is the highest you can get. And everyone's gifting subs left and right, giving donations. Like that was insane. It blew me away. I was near tears. I was very close oh, because so the generosity cool. was just yeah. over the top. And uh, yeah, that was insane. That happened just last year. And I was, I was completely floored by that, but yeah, meeting people like Blake and other players in the game, Trevor may and, and their awesomeness and kindness and just finding out that they are normal dudes, right? A lot of players are just regular, cool guys. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's been awesome. And that that's what Twitch allows. Like you go into somebody's stream. Who's like a bit like Bryce Harper streams. He doesn't get a ton of viewers. So you can get like an actual interaction with him. Right. right. He's getting like 300 viewers, which is a good number, by the way, that's more than I get. I'm not, I'm not clowning. It's not like the thousands, but it's not exactly. It's not from like, you don't automatically just because you're an athlete become the top Twitch guy. You still right. have to build up like the guy Ninja that everyone probably knows about. Like he's got, he can't interact with anybody. His chat goes way too fast, yep. but you want to go talk to Trevor May about joining the Mets and he's open to talking about it. He's there. He's, he's going to read your chat. Yeah. And that's like so freaking cool. And Blake, when he got traded, he's there to read your chats and talk with you guys. And everyone knows, you know, that he got in a little bit of heat doing twitch but that was the realness and honesty of it he wasn't saying anything about xavier edwards specifically yep he was mad because he lost his boy tommy fam who he's now back with so congrats yeah, to him but anyway um it, i love twitch i'm obsessed with it i think it's a, an amazing platform and what it's become it start when i was doing when i first started doing it, it was just video games there was right. very little else and um it's really expanded there's talk shows on there now there's um podcasts there's art uh, of all sorts, music, yep. painting, drawing, um, you know, people crafting, there's everything you can find everything on there and you can find a community that you want to be part of. And, you know, everyone says like, Oh, you're going to watch them play video games. We watch a bunch of dudes run around in pads yeah, or, right. or carry sticks around. Yeah, like what game. is the, what is the actual difference? Right. right? It, it's all about entertainment. And in this entertainment, you get to actually interact with the person quite a bit more than yes. you could in any other thing. And if you're, if you value that, then Twitch is definitely something. Yeah, I got people in my stream who don't have a PlayStation. They don't play MLB the show. They're there to talk baseball and cut up. Right. And that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. It's just about the people, you know, it's not necessarily yep. about the actual thing. Like I, I talk about going to baseball games. It's not necessarily about the game in front of you. It's about being at the stadium with the people around you and you're happy to have this other thing going on too. Uh, yep. along the way uh but yeah I'll, i mean i'm one of those that's going to be doing twitch too i'm doing it, i think I can't like wait times a week i can't wait that's going to be uh, so good and it's not going to be video games it's just going to be yeah me doing this uh the first pitch podcast and uh other things like the, the list and reviewing pitcher starts that you guys want me to do so i, I mean yeah let's do it let's uh <laughs> i can't wait let's have fun on twitch i think it's a really really great platform for doing all these uh great things okay we're going to move on to the final section here. Okay. I, I'm i going to eventually have a better name for this, but right now it's just a lightning round. I want to All right. I want to hear quick quick answers about... Quick answers from me. Better okay, that's things be to understand. I know. I know. I'm okay. saying that on purpose. I'm ready. I'm lightning ready. I'm round focused. is quick. Okay. Here we I'm go. I'm focused. Favorite show as a kid? Favorite show as a kid was Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was... Uh, what's the best video game of all time? 
MVP 2005. Nice, nice. Not baseball related. Um, Not sports. Toe Jam and Earl from Sega Genesis That's or Goldeneye. Love that one. Uh, what was your college major? Um, well, and, uh, history and government is what it ended up being. Okay. Did you like it? It was fine. I became a better student in the last two years. If I'd had that energy throughout, it would have been a much better experience. Right. Of course. I think that I had to learn how to be a student. I really do. I I coasted in high school. Like I didn't do anything and I still got all B's and A's very easily. And I'm not saying that to say I'm super smart. I'm saying because high school was not challenging and it was a kick in the teeth to go to college and have to not only do more work, but also be a self-starter about it. There was nobody prodding. They don't care what you do. You know, they're teach. I'm not saying none of the professors care, but they can't baby you, especially yeah, in the survey not, course I mean, with 150 I mean, people. That's also a large uh, exactly. population. It's not the like 16 people classroom always. So. Those first couple years are a lot of survey classes, so they right. can't baby everybody, and you got to have initiative. And I had to learn how to be a student. That's why my first couple of years were garbage. It, I had to take some time off to earn some money. I finished out strong though. Love it. Uh, favorite album? Um, Outcast, Stankonia. Oh, nice. Okay, okay. Uh, what would you say is the best movie? The best movie yeah. or my favorite? That's two different questions. Okay, I want both then. I mean, my favorite is Rounders, mm. and you know, I've it's a poker movie. Um, Matt Damon Sorry. was my favorite actor at the time. Still is Matt Damon and Ed Norton, two of my favorites. So they were in it. That's kind of what made me. I wasn't even that that huge into poker yet, but I was like, these two are doing it. I'm in. Right. And then it happened to be about poker, and this was right before the poker boom. Loved it. And then the best movie, I mean, I don't know that's the best movie of all time. That's so subjective. But um, probably from a more technical standpoint, another favorite of mine is Kill Bill. And so I'd put that pretty high. And that's pretty generic. I get that. But no, I don't, I, I, I love cares. it. That's great. I love yeah, that so answer. Rounders, Moneyball, and Kill Bill are my three favorites. So love it. order um, them however you want. Favorite food? Pizza. I'm yes. a child. Ah, pizza. Any toppings? Um, pepperoni, uh, a pepperoni slice is, is right. perfectly elite, particularly from your neck in the woods. A New York oh. pepperoni slice it makes my life. I wasn't going to say anything about it's not. You're not allowed to say that in Austin. No, you're allowed to say, pizza is pizza is pizza. It's yeah. And very good. forget that lasagna cake in Chicago. It's garbage. <laughs> Thank you, John Stewart. I, who is your favorite non-baseball affiliated celebrity that you respect, that you see them and you go, I respect that person? That's a good question. I like that one. Non-baseball related. I mean, yeah. squints would be baseball related. You know, Matt, it might be Matt Damon. He's been okay. my favorite actor. I, I, he's always great on stuff. And, you know, he's one of those mega stars that they, they do live a different life. Sure. And, you know, I can't imagine what that's like, but I, I, not just because I like him and his stuff, but, you know, he does the water, the big water um, charity. And, you know, mm-hmm. these guys are none of these superstars are infallible. But I always liked him and he goes on podcasts and he seems like a really fun guy and he does the bit with Kimmel. And so, you know, I'm sure he would he might be having his flaws, but I really like Matt Damon. I think he's badass. All right. Do you believe in parallel universes? To a degree. How so? I I just there's there's too much to think about to suggest that I have all the answers. And I'm not I I no longer dismiss stuff the way I did as a uh, know it all young person. Okay. Now I'm a know-it-all older person who knows he doesn't know any of it. <laughs> there we go. It's a weird dichotomy, but um, I don't even know if I use that word right. But uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 all that sort of stuff, you know, ghosts and what have you, uh, aliens. I'm not going to be s- suggesting that I'm good. I can disprove it. So sure. 
I'm open to hearing things. You're open. I don't All believe right. in like flat earth or anything like that, though. Don't worry. I'm not stupid. Oh, yeah. Of course not. But no, you just scientifically like, 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 I, scientifically I, I'm back stuff. I yeah. Scientifically be... back stuff. I'm in. Yeah. You okay. know, I don't need to be convinced on the uh, roundness of the earth or anything like that. Just so people understand where I'm at here on the scope. What is the story of getting Charlotte? Oh, this is actually a pretty good one. Did you know this is a good one or are you just asking? I don't know. I'm just asking. So it started as a devastating one. I lost my dog Curtis way too early at six oh, man. out of nowhere. Wow. One day his eyes are rolling in the back of his head when we're, when we're taking him out. So I run him to the vet. It's done by the time we get there. They don't really see anything. Oh, I'm so sorry. His health deteriorates over the next week or so. I'm gone at softball one night. My ex-girlfriend calls and says, you got to get home. He needs you. And he dies that night. It was devastating dude oh my god i never experienced loss like that i had not lost any relatives to that point and i never experienced loss like that that was pain that i don't want anybody to feel if you love pets and i imagine again billion times worse if you lose a child or uh, um you know a spouse etc etc but i had not experienced that yet right and everyone's like you know take your time get another dog this and that i was like but i work from home and I talked to Curtis all day. That's yeah. kind of my outlet. You know, I like to personify my dogs. I'm that type of person. And so, you know, I'm having these convos and everything. And it was lonely. And I'm just staring at the clock like, when is my girlfriend getting home? I need somebody here. So we did not wait that long. But we were looking for dogs. Couldn't really find one. Literally random as heck. One night I'm getting into bed and I was a little too noisy. I accidentally woke her up. So we were on our phones for the next like 10 minutes or so. I'm just scrolling, just kind of trying to fall back asleep. I found Charlotte. I was like, this is the dog. Look mm. at this dog. She was standing on this little bed looking so twerpy and so adorable. I called the next, or I emailed the next morning and they're like, there's this lady who's interested, but she's at a basketball tournament all day. I was like, I can be there. I can leave right now. If you can tell me I can have that dog. And like, well, let me just talk to this lady a little bit once more. They talked to this lady. She said, no, it's about three and a half hours away. I drive. And I go to wow. Waco, just outside of Waco, and I go get her. It's from this lady. They're like dachshund obsessed. Um, they had 50 billion dachshund magnets on their on their uh, <laughs> refrigerator. Everything was dachshund, right? So I was like, feel like I'm doing something. You know, I'm, I, did, I didn't I didn't adopt her, but I did get her from a place that uh, clearly their dogs had had puppies, and they were just moving them. It didn't seem like some puppy mill or anything like that. Sure. I felt pretty good about where I was. This little kid comes in. I. <laughs> I know he was treating Charlotte like a little rag doll. I know that for sure. Cause this was a little rambunctious little toddler with, with these dogs, I'm sure. And uh, she was probably happy to get away from him. He probably doesn't know the sensitivity of it, but he comes in and he's like, here's your dog. And I fell in love instantly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know much about dachshunds and, and their personality and how stubborn, but loving they are. And I've been obsessed with her since the literal second I see, I saw Charlotte. So that was a little bit longer one, but that's the story. I love F- that. Found her I love randomly. That so much. Uh, I, I was meant, I meant to ask that beforehand and I couldn't, I could not hear that. I, I love it. Um, one last lightning round. Um, do you have a personal mantra? I don't, I don't, um, you know, I really do try to, I, I try to follow the golden rule, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. And I try sure. to think about that sometimes, you know, uh, like, did I do that right? Uh, was I too rude? You know, you and I have had our, our tangles, our debates. I love to debate. I love to get in the mix and I can get, um, you know, for lack of a better word, probably mean is probably the right word. Um, because I went with brothers and, and sisters, 
I don't see it that way. Cause I'm like, I still love this person. So right, we right. can go toe to toe, but I'm like, that's pretty mean though. Cause I, I I'm also sensitive. So for me to go at somebody, but then be sensitive, Sammy about it. It's like, Hey, that's not doing to others what, what you would do. So sure. I try to, I try to be introspective and think about my actions and understand, you know, you did that wrong and, 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 it's okay to be sorry for something and to apologize and, and don't have to be stubborn about everything. And I've just tried to get better at that my whole life. Cause you know, like I said, I've referenced a few times or know it all. I think, you know, I, I try to, I try to know things. I try to be smart, but I know I don't know it all and I'm wrong sometimes. And sometimes you just got to eat that, that pill and it doesn't make you less of a person. It really doesn't. I think in some ways it makes you better to understand, Hey, I got that wrong on something big or small. If it's just a little small thing that you messed up, easy to admit the bigger things so that you have to be like i got that wrong you know whether it's in a relationship friendship workplace it 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 helps to understand where you're at to be oblivious and to, to really play the victim all the time or never be wrong people like that i just i really try to avoid being in that realm that, that's a fantastic i try to accept answer. my part in, the, in everything when particularly things that go sour i, I need to understand what, what role did i play what role did i play there's your mantra yeah uh, that's a great answer, Spore. Okay, so I think I'm going to do this. I think uh, to end every single one of these, uh, there's going to be one final question, Okay. Uh, which I think is, is really important and it kind of ties into your mantra a bit. Um, what what do you think the future holds for yourself and what do you want it to be? That's a great question because I've been trying to think about that, you know, with with the game being put in peril with the COVID year, and now with the CBA on, I, I don't think baseball is going to go away, but these things take a lot more importance when your livelihood is ta- yeah, tied to yes it, right? All of a sudden you care quite a bit about a CBA, a collective bargaining agreement that's going to come between these owners and, and the union. Um, I still want to be in baseball though. People say, you know, do you want to work for a team? I don't think that that's an avenue that I'm, particular because i'm not i'm not an analyst i don't i can't run like sequel i think that's what right, a lot of people right. go do is they they do data an, analysis and whatnot i don't know that there's necessarily a role for me i'm okay with that because i kind of like being writer podcaster uh twitch guy and i like doing stuff like that if anything if i were really going to move beyond and, and push something further it, it would probably be twitch um because again i love writing what I do at Fangraphs, they take great care of me. I think expanding to Twitch while still doing that would be my best avenue there to be, you know, I did, I did a tournament. Um, this hoodie I'm wearing says PS4 tournaments. Got to announce a tournament with Robert Flores this year. Is that right? And as the MLB, the show e-scene, e-sports scene blows up as I hope and, and expect it to, especially with PS5 out, I would love to become like, the go-to, they call them shoutcasters because you got to be a little bit more louder and rambunctious. You're not really talking right. about like uh, it, it, the way you would in baseball. And I was telling Robert about this because he has, you know, real life experience with announcing. I was like, hey man, um, there's not gonna be enough time for us to talk about a certain player. The pitches come so quick. So we have to, it, it's a different vibe, yeah. but I'd love to be a go-to. If Robert and I were like the the chief, the number one, we were the uh, the the buck and smolts of, of sure. uh, e-games. I would so love Who was the that. smolts? Who was the smolts though? I mean, I would be, I'm, I'm the color guy, oh, okay. But, I, okay. but I would be, <laughs> I, okay. I'd be Smoltz both on the, de- I'd either on the desk uh-huh. or when he first got in the booth. Cause I thought sure. he was excellent in both of those okay. roles. I think he has since taken a turn. By the way, we had him on the pod, uh, you know, and I years Is ago, that right? and he was fantastic. And that's another Love thing it. that's like, it pains me to critique, but it's something that like, 
just because, you know, you had a good experience with somebody and you, you consider them uh, great in that moment. Uh, don't be above critiquing them, you know, yeah. and you, you can make friends in some of these high places here. And I, I wouldn't consider him friends the way I do like uh, Blake or Trevor. But if those if those guys did something, you know, I'd be make sure you judge them the way you would if you didn't know them and things like oh, that. Right, right. But yeah, you but, know, uh, so but yeah, the only reason I bring up Buck and Smoltz is uh, to hear that you want to be Smoltz. Hey, I I just want to make sure everyone listening is like, uh oh. They might have a certain opinion of small. So, but I'm thinking of like Benetti and Scott Stone. There you go. That's even better. I was just saying because they're the main. Yeah, group. yeah, right. That's yeah, not yeah. my only but reference I'm there. Just... Not that we want to emulate Buck and Smoltz. <laughs> we would be Roflow and Spore. We'd be doing our own thing, but there we would we want go. to be the go to group. And this yeah. tournament was a nice test for that. So, that's something I like to see expand is the Twitch. As far as my baseball expanding, I'm just trying to get better every year at writing and analysis and, and, you know, um, discovering players for people to invest in. I try to give people the tools. I can't just give you all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I don't win right, every fantasy right. league I'm in. Um, so the players are important, but really the how and why I'm picking players, I think is more important. Yeah, that uh, that's a great answer. And uh, you never know. I mean, as you're talking about, like, is there going to be a 2022 season? You know, I, it, knows. it's, uh, it, it's you know making a good choice to say, hey, this is a thing that, I'm really good at, and I have a following that I really enjoy. I, I cannot encourage you enough to to continue doing the Twitch stuff because, yeah, I think that's a really great avenue for you. It was it was a, a salvation during the pandemic too. Yes. Not just in terms of you know the financial boost certainly helped, but really just interacting with folks and and right. having people to talk through a lot of what we were all going through and we were all going through different things. People were losing their jobs. Some people were just working at home. Some people were teaching their kids while they're working from home, you know, all this sort of stuff. And we were all kind of talking through it together. And it was great to have a place for people to kind of come in and, and, and unload a little bit. Absolutely. Well, sport that's going to do it. I know we went a little bit long on this. I'm not going to make that every single time. Don't worry. That's just for the, on the corner, not this special. We did go long. This is probably going to be one of the longer ones, but I mean, come on. It's, it's are we surprised? Sport. Like, yeah, are we surprised it's going to happen? But really sport. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, it means a lot to me that I, yeah, you're the first one. It makes a ton of sense to me. You certainly brought me in. I mean, you talk about the Matthew Barry moment. Uh, you bring him out to sleep on the bus. Hello. Uh, huge, huge moment for me there. Um, <laughs> you deserved it, man. Oh, you do brilliant work. You just, really do. Just even like the, the rotograph stuff, uh, you bring me in there. I remember actually the moment I was, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, I don't mind saying this. My, um, my brother-in-law, it was his uh, uh, bachelor party, stag night. He's mm-hmm. Irish. And it was the morning <laughs> after, as I'm trying to be a good brother-in-law, I'm in the car going, uh, going to Cape Cod and I get your tweet like to me like hey man i'm thinking about like would you like to join the the rotographs team and i'm so unbelievably hung home over (laughs) the most i've ever been in my life and it's because i'm trying to like bond with all these irishmen yeah and trying to keep up i couldn't even like internalize what was going on when you sent that uh but it was it was a huge moment for me um i really just can't thank you enough for all the of course everything you you've helped out with and yeah you've been such a great friend uh this entire time so i love being friends with you man you're great and i i honestly can't wait to see where everything goes pitchless 6.0 will be out by the time this comes out i believe oh yeah Uh, Yeah. very close to so uh, and so like it (laughs) yeah i'm i'm really excited man You, you are a rising superstar without a doubt all right, stop that. Uh, I'm going to cut off this podcast now. Definitely, Spore, thank you so much uh, for joining today. And hey, guys, I hope you uh, enjoyed meeting one of my friends. Hopefully, they become one of your friends, too.